0: Welcome to the Boston Not Light podcast. I'm Nina Pfister, co-founder of MAG PR, a local boutique agency helping emerging brands and influencers gain exposure, build community, and achieve growth through public relations efforts. Each month, our Boston Not Light podcast features candid interviews with local women entrepreneurs who are making it happen. Our guest today is Meg Wheeler, a business and financial coach who teaches coaches, consultants, and creatives how to run financially fit businesses. Her course, Biz Money Blueprint, covers how to set up and manage the money stuff, from accounting to taxes and paying yourself, while her one-on-one and group coaching programs help entrepreneurs build scalable and profitable digital products-based businesses. Meg is also the co-founder and CEO of One for Women an online community and marketplace on a mission to connect and empower women. She's the hostess of the One for Womankind podcast, a weekly show featuring intimate conversations on the power of small gestures and how we can use kindness and compassion to show up and support women. So Meg, thank you so much for your time today. I know you're very busy in this season of your life. Um, today we want to dive into all the money things that entrepreneurs need to know to kick off the new year on a positive note. But first, uh, you are obviously have your hands in a few different Things that I you're do. working on. So if you can just share
1: with us your journey to entrepreneurship and what inspired you to get started. Yeah, right. absolutely. And thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to to be here today for this. So I my background is actually in finance and international tax. So I never imagined that I would be an entrepreneur. I worked uh, in public accounting. I worked in corporate for Harvard University's endowment. And I loved what I was doing. Um, I really enjoyed the challenge of tax strategy. Uh, God bless you. Yeah, I know, right? I know. (laughs) Um, I'm one of the rare ones, but I loved it. But I ended up hitting up against a lot of walls in that environment, as you can imagine. It's still a very male-dominated environment. And I just felt like there wasn't a great path for me to achieve the level of leadership that I wanted. And I also wanted to have a bigger impact. I was looking at what was going on in the world and the massive gender inequality that still exists. And I thought, you know, I think I can do more. So I quit my job without a plan. I didn't have a clue what I was going to do. And that's when I launched One for Women. And One for Women has changed quite a bit over the last um, almost three years. Uh, as we've sort of figured out, how we can have the biggest amount of impact. But through that business, I got to meet so many incredible women and started to learn about how a lot of women in the entrepreneurial space who are killing it with their businesses, who create incredible things, are struggling with the money stuff. And that's when I realized that I could take my many years of education on this, and I could take my many years of experience and actually start supporting women entrepreneurs and really help them understand and master the basics of the money in their business. So that's how I got here. That's amazing. And can you just share with everybody how you work with women?
0: So Mm -hmm. the different ways that they can, I guess, call on you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So at the very basic level, I run an online Facebook group called Badass Money Makers. And we really, in that group, we talk about money and we talk about um, how to be aware of the numbers in your business, how to use those numbers to build your business. Uh, but also how to navigate some of the challenges of business finance that um, women face because there still are some, some gender differences, unfortunately, and um, how women business owners are treated. So that's a very basic level. Um, as you mentioned, I have an uh, online course, Biz Money Blueprint, which is great if you are just starting out and you don't know how to set up the accounting or the taxes or any of that stuff. I walk you through that. It's very easy to understand. Uh, you can do it in just a couple of weeks if you want. Um, and you'll be all set. And then for anyone who wants to go deeper, I do one-on-one in group coaching. And that's really where you've got your accounting and tax stuff figured out, but now you want to know how to grow a scalable and profitable business. And that's where we really dive into um, you know, different revenue streams and strategies for your business to really maximize uh, you know, your potential, your earning potential. That's great. And we're excited for you to share some of those yeah. tips today.
0: Um, before we jump into that, though obviously you're, you're simultaneously driving two different brands forward, which yes. I know that there's obviously some, I think, visionary overlap mm-hmm. in terms of the core values that you have. But yes. can you talk to us a little bit about how you prioritize where to spend <laughs> your time and energy um, for others who may have yeah. a couple of ventures going at once?
1: Absolutely. And I'll just start this off by saying, um, if you do one thing and, that, and that's it, then that's perfectly fine. And what I'm about to say should not make you feel pressured to do multiple things. But one of the things I teach my clients is that one of the keys in a successful and a scalable business is having multiple revenue streams. So I just put that out there for anyone who has multiple interests um, to to encourage that and pursue that because that actually can be a very important component of a successful business. So it is tough. It's always a balance. Um, they are two completely separate businesses, legally, financially different staff and teams for both of them. And so for me, it really comes down to being really clear on what I have to do and what doesn't actually need to get done. Um, So knowing where to focus my time, uh, being really strategic about batching my time throughout the week. So I have a day where I work on one for women. I have a day, well, multiple days where I work on my business and financial consulting. And so I've just got to get really specific about that and not diverge from that. So that's the third trick, which is making sure you don't get distracted. My calendar, uh, actually calendars, between the two businesses, I've got about nine different calendars, which is horrifying, but they all serve a different purpose. And They are all, um, you know, anything that goes on those calendars is 100% respected by myself, by my team, by my family, and that's key as well uh, because I map out every moment of my week and that's what allows me to maintain my focus. If I didn't do that, I would get distracted by shiny objects and (laughs) and not get anything done. Yes, Lauren and I... Completely live and die yeah. by our calendars. Yeah. If it's not on there, it's not
0: happening. Yep, you exactly. Joke. If I and I even say that to my husband, yeah. if it's not written down. Yep. it doesn't. Nope. It's not there <laughs> <laughs> in my brain. No, I get that. Um, so moving into the money stuff. Yeah. Um, what are three like the three mm. top best practices um, that you can impart for any entrepreneur who's looking to get organized for the new year. So we're in January. It feels like it's like the 79th day of January. (laughs) Um, It's the never-ending month, but it is the jumpstart of the new year. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So the first and very basic one is no matter what your legal setup is. So if you have an LLC or if you just put up your shingle and you're doing whatever you're doing, make sure your business finances are separate from your personal Um, If you have a legal entity, this is actually required, but regardless, it's a really good thing to do because too often what I see with clients I work with who come to me for cleanup is they've commingled everything. And so what do I mean by this? I mean, get a separate bank account for your business. I mean, don't take business payments through your personal Venmo account you know, make sure you have, you know, Square or Stripe or, you know, I'm not a fan of PayPal, but you can use PayPal business if that's your thing and have everything go through there. And this is important for a few reasons, but one in particular is that it really will enable you to track all of the money in your business and not get confused by anything else. It does create an extra step if you're trying to, you know, pay yourself because that you do have to transfer it from your business to your personal account, but I promise you it's worth it um, and in many cases it's required. So that's number one. Number two along those same lines is to absolutely be tracking your numbers. So if you do not have an accounting system, I don't care how long you've been in business, what level you're at, you absolutely need one. And there are some great free options. So Wave Apps, W-A-V-E Apps, is a fabulous free option. It's easy to use, easy to set up. It integrates directly with your bank account. But this is going to be so critically important. One, because when you get to tax season, it'll be very easy to pull your numbers and do your taxes. Um, But also just because it'll allow you to check in regularly with your numbers and really get a sense for where your money's coming in, where you're spending money, what parts of your business are profitable, what parts aren't. And this is actually the biggest thing I see with my clients that come to me that's holding them back, is they come to me and say, I'm making all this money, but I don't understand why I feel so poor. I don't understand why I feel so burnt out. And when we look at their numbers, I say, well, that's because, yes, you're bringing in a lot of money. But you haven't factored in the cost of your time. You haven't factored in the cost to provide this product or service or whatever it may be. And so if you start tracking your numbers, then you can start to understand what those numbers are. And you can make sure you're pricing accordingly. Um, You're putting in only what you need to put in to to get out the dollars coming in. And that's going to be really crucial. And I think the third, it's the one no one wants to talk about or hear, um, is to get really clear on what your tax obligations are, especially with all of the tax law changes in, here in the U.S. over the last couple of years. Things are very wonky. I was, My friends and I were just on an email um, thread yesterday with people saying, okay, wait, why is my refund so much less than I expected it to be? And I'm like, well because we have these crazy tax law changes that are literally changing the rules every year. And so if you can just spend a little bit of time kind of looking at what your tax situation is, I think that's going to be really helpful so that next April you're not in a bad situation where you're spending a lot of money. But along those lines, paying quarterly taxes, this is actually um, one of the biggest misunderstandings I've found in the entrepreneurial world is people think, oh, I'm a... I'm just a sole person. I work on my own. I don't make a lot of money. I don't need to pay anything in. And that's actually not true. You are, If you are self-employed, you are required to make quarterly tax payments for the most part. Um, And so setting aside money every time you get paid and then making sure you pay that in on a quarterly basis is going to be huge. Because otherwise, if you don't do that come April, you're going to have a big tax bill and you're not going to have the money to pay it. And you're going to have received penalties and fines for not paying in. So not to scare anybody but you got to do the tax stuff. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. And it is scary and it can yeah. feel really overwhelming. Yeah. So, um, so you, you gave a lot of great examples and, mm-hmm. and best practices, but what would you say is the single kind of common challenge that mm-hmm. you've seen across the board for entrepreneurs who are just getting started and, or
1: yeah. have been in business
0: for many years and are you know, thriving and on the up?
1: And it's and it's different for both. So I'm glad you asked it that way. Um, So for for my newbies, I really think it's just feeling overwhelmed by all of the different pieces you have to do. And whether it's my course or it's just free resources out there, if, if you can take the time, just set aside a few hours and sit down and start making a list of all the different things you need to do, setting up an accounting system, getting a separate bank account. You're gonna probably need to get an EIN, which is an employer identification number through the IRS, to get that bank account. Um, You know, setting up a a hopefully separate bank account for your tax savings or at least making a plan to set those aside. Um, Printing out the quarterly tax form so you know what that looks like. You know what that calculation looks like. Just doing all of those things at the beginning, I think, will give you the confidence that you are on top of things too often, the the new folks that come to me, they come to me and they say, I just don't even know where to start. I, I'm so overwhelmed. I don't know if I'm supposed to do this or that or how to do it. Um, and they avoid it. And then they end up running into problems. So that would be my piece of advice for those folks. For my more seasoned clients, you know, they've got the accounting and tax stuff set up. Now what we're really talking about when we're talking about the money stuff is how to scale the business. And this is where we're really diving, diving into the numbers to say, okay, what is your ROI? What's your return on investment? Meaning for what you put into your business, what are you getting back? Um, what is your profit margin? How much of what you bring in is, is that you actually retain? And looking at, I mentioned earlier, multiple revenue streams is one of the key components, in my opinion, to a scalable and profitable business. But just really fast let's go back to this word scalable if you're in a service-based business and you know as I know you you guys are yeah um it's based on your time so at some point you're gonna cap out mm-hmm. and so it's thinking about, well, what are we going to do when we hit that point? Because whatever that cap is, that's as high as we can go with what we have. Mm-hmm. So is it bringing on more folks? Is it creating uh, products and services that aren't as time dependent? So online education or um, you know, digital products, which is a, a big space that I'm in. And so it's starting to think about those pieces of multiple revenue streams passive income, which is the stuff that doesn't rely on your time. And then I always like to think about recurring income. And you know this very well with your clients. It's, you know, if you put in all of this work to bring a client in and they sign up for one month, that is not nearly as good as if they sign up for a year. So how can you uh, sort of rethink your business strategy to extend the life of your relationship with your clients? And that's going to help you make more money in the end because you're spending less time to Mm -hmm. bring clients in. That's great. For, for the
0: online products specifically, mm-hmm. um, what would, what would be like the jump off point for that? Yeah. Because I feel like, uh, I mean, I had a colleague mm-hmm. uh, one of our business partners. Um, she's on the marketing side. She would, got really kind of amped about mm-hmm. maybe starting some sort of marketing one oh one course. And then, you know, we talked it through mm-hmm. and she was like, geez, you know, there's so much out there. It's yeah. kind of that theory yeah. that if it already exists, why recreate the wheel? Um, so can you just quickly talk a little bit about what it takes to get something like that off the ground and what makes it worthwhile? Yeah, absolutely. Um, That'd
1: be great. Sure. And I want to just speak to what you just said about there being so much out there. So why bother make more? I, to me, that's actually proof that it's a great concept. So that that's in the, Agreed. Know, in the entrepreneurial space, we call it proof of concept. Uh, and so when I see something out there that exists that is what I want to do, I watch that person. Um, and if it's multiple people, that's even better. And I really see how their business does. And I use that as my proof of concept. But it's, you know, what I love about the online space is, so the one thing that I think holds a lot of people back is this thought of, well, I don't know what I would do, or I don't know if there's a place for me in that world. Anyone and everyone can create something that is successful in the online space. But, here's the big but, it's got to be something, I always say there's three things, it's got to be something that solves a problem that people actually have, that they want to solve, that's one that a lot of people miss, and that they're willing to pay for. That's the other one a lot of people miss. So if you have something in your mind like that, like a marketing 101, and you think, okay, I think this can really help solve a problem that people have that they want to get rid of and they're willing to pay for, the very first thing you need to do is start testing that idea. So too many people just jump in and create something. Um, and they put all this time into it and maybe some money. A lot of branding and, uh, exactly. and, advertising. and advertising and, and yeah. content creation sure. and then nobody buys and they go, well, why didn't anybody buy? And here's the thing. It might not be a bad idea, but they didn't validate it. And mm-hmm. so when I want to create something in my business, I rarely create something before I've sold it. So whether it's a workshop or a course or, or anything, I go to my audience and I say, what do you guys think about this? Will you pay for this? Here's a link, send me money, and then if I get enough people, I'll create it. Now, I've built up an audience, so I'm able to do that. If you don't have an audience, then your validation is going to be going into Facebook groups where your ideal customer or student or client hangs out. Um, going on Instagram and having these conversations, going to live events and, you know, where your people are and having these conversations. But you need to start validating that idea and you need to make sure you're validating it with the right folks. So um, you know, I work with a lot of creatives. I'm not gonna go to a conference of financial folks. They don't need what I offer. That would be a really right. bad place for me to validate my idea. I'm gonna go to a conference where a lot of photographers and graphic designers and social media people hang out. Those are my people. So thinking about who you want to serve and then validating that idea is the first place to start. The second is to start building that audience Mm -hmm. for yourself by consistently creating content, blogging, or doing YouTube videos, or podcasting, whatever it may be, and start talking about these ideas. That's your second form of validation because you can start to look at which blog posts have been the most popular, which ones are people not paying attention to. And then as you start building your audience and you start understanding what they really need from you, you can start selling. But now that I've sort of said that and I've made it sound like there's this long runway before you actually sell, I'm going to back that up a little bit and say, don't wait too long. Because the first time you launch a digital product, it's probably not going to sell. Mm -hmm. I just want to be really real with folks. And that's okay. You're going to take the data from that launch and you're gonna use it to get better. Mm-hmm. So don't wait too long. Don't wait till your audience is really big, your email list is really big. Start putting stuff out there, but be really strategic about how much time you put into creating it versus, you know, how much you you think you're ultimately gonna sell.
0: That's mm-hmm. great. Super helpful. And I appreciate Good. the tangent,
1: because I know it's not <laughs> completely
0: aligned with money, but it's interesting well, no, but regardless. It, it
1: is, though, because go back to those three things. Right. There are three components, in my opinion, to a financially fit business. Multiple revenue streams, passive, some form of passive income, it doesn't all have to be, but some form, and recurring revenue. And that's why I love digital products and online yeah. courses. No, that's awesome. So now we're into the rapid fire.
0: Oh, You're uh, hold on. On. I'm drinking right. water. Hold on. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> Mentally prepare. Oh, no. Okay. Just kidding. There's only a few. Okay. Lauren usually does these. She's a little better at them. But if you can answer as quickly as you can, that's okay. the fun of it. No All right. Sure. Number one, favorite ice cream? Um, cookie dough. One way you decompress?
1: Uh, wine. Perfect.
0: Love it. <laughs> uh, bucket list travel destination? Um, Africa. One of your biggest fears?
1: I have a lot. <laughs> um I don't know. Um I'm I love this being asked a question I can't answer. No. Um one of my biggest fears um is not not being as impactful in this life as I want to be. Very good. And final, if you could live mm. anywhere in the world mm.
0: for three months, where would it be?
1: Only three months. Only three months. <laughs> Um, Nantucket oh, and what longer, longer than three one months, of my faves. <laughs> Well, three
0: months is a summer, right? That's good right. Enough. That's what I was thinking. Go. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time today. If
0: there's yeah. anything that you want to leave with the audience, now's your chance. Oh, uh, before we close down and if you could also just share where everybody can find you online, if they yeah. want to get in touch, that would be great.
1: Absolutely. Um, I think my parting words really are. If for women, you know, if we're really going to overcome gender inequality and, and the imbalance we've been dealing with for, for hundreds of years in this country, we really need to start owning our money and using, um, you know, using our power and our voices to um, be bigger players in these spaces. And, you know, rightly or wrongly, money is power. So um, we need to really own it. For anyone who wants to find me, you can find me at megkwheeler.com. I'm Meg K. Wheeler on Instagram and Facebook. And then my Facebook group is Badass Moneymakers. So thanks again. Yeah. Really appreciate Thanks your for time. having me.